We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly chess interview show where we talk with accomplished chess players, authors, and personalities about their lives, their careers, and how to improve at chess. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters and by Chessable.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Adult Improver edition of Perpetual Chess. We also have our second consecutive Danish guest starting a new trend here. He and our guest today is a 55-year-old Danish IM. Uh, he got the IM title after many, many years of battling. In fact, he emailed me um, when he finally got it. I believe it was last year, but we'll be digging into his story both in and out of chess. But now without further ado, let's bring him in. Longtime friend of the podcast, finally getting him on the show. I am Cor Christensen. How are you, sir? I'm I'm just great and uh, just been back to work after two months uh, in in the home office. Uh, so that's uh, that's that's definitely a, a a good start to 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 this week that uh, we finally got back in the office. Very strange times, I think, in most of the world. So so I'm 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 pretty good and but of course, like I guess, like most chess players, missing chess badly because uh, well, we have the online tournaments, but still very different uh, and uh, no chess tournament and then well i think first chess tournament in denmark will be round first of september or so so uh, and everything has just been stopped for at least two months now so um, but there are, but besides yeah. that everything's good yeah so many chess players studying right now but no one can actually <laughs> play in a tournament no um, which is something you'll help us with. I'm sure you'll be giving us some study tips along the way. But first, um, Cor, why don't you tell us just a little bit more? So you're in Denmark. Um, first of all, before we get to your your professional and family background and all that stuff, um, how's Denmark doing in terms of uh, the coronavirus? I haven't heard much one way or the other. No. Are you guys being hit or not so much? I think we basically we were hit in the same way like almost all European countries in the beginning of March and uh, but we, we went into a very effective lockdown and uh, I think we were we were basically so much scared that everyone kept the rules so we've been doing I would say fair, uh, honestly very good 
compared to basically almost all other European countries. Um, even though we had quite of these uh, tourists coming back from these uh, danger zones in Austria and north of Italy, uh, we still managed to, yeah, to to keep it at a at, at a quite low level compared to yeah to most countries. But but one thing is of course outstanding now. That is uh, well how how big is the bill and who's who's going to pay for this? Because basically oh, we, yeah, but that's no matter almost if you've been in lockdown or not, there will be enormous bills to be paid everywhere, of course. And uh, because uh, obviously the state needs to to give off out three digits a billion of uh, Danish corner but in the end there's uh, i guess it's the taxpayers or somebody who needs to pay these bills so uh, yeah that's that remains to be seen but in counting the, the well number of deaths uh, where we're doing well i would say actually quite well yeah that's good news and yeah who's going to pay for all this mm. stuff is something uh, every country is grappling <laughs> yeah, with exactly, i think but that's no other way out of it. I mean, well, you you can't stop everything, so you need to to give people a, a lot of money and and then see what's who's going to pay for it. Yeah, it's like you're in a bad position in chess. You just have to choose the least bad option. There's no uh, there's no winning move. So <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. It's avoid just avoiding immediate loss. You might yeah, say exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've been playing chess for many years since your teen years. Mm. This much I know from uh, the slideshow that you generously shared with me and that I in turn shared with uh, supporters of the podcast in advance of uh, your your grand appearance here. But uh, Kari, I don't know much about you away from the chessboard other than that your kids that made an appearance in this slideshow. So you mentioned <laughs> you're, you're, you're back reporting to the office, but what do you do for work, Kari? Or Cora, sorry. I'm... I, I, I basically I started in a in a major Danish bank when I was 21, and and that's well counting is amazingly 33 years since. So so I've basically been into the finance industry for all these years, and and in quite a number of uh, different functions, uh, starting out working in a in a branch, and then getting to internal audit, and then for almost 15 years, uh, basically been in into compliance. Uh, uh, both both sort of uh, uh, trading compliance, but also for, for 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 a number of years, I was working with money laundering issues. Which, uh, uh, well, now we mentioned Corona as a worldwide phenomenon. I, I believe money laundering is uh, yeah, so, sort of a common uh, worldwide disease, you might say. So that's that's been a very interesting journey, also to be in, uh, yeah working with compliance and uh, and and that kind of stuff but also i would say but my main my, but but most of my career i've been working with something uh, related to securities trading okay. um, a lot of uh, rules about insider trading and market manipulation and uh, a lot of training actually and, and, and i always like to to train a lot uh, uh, train staff uh, which I, of course, consider to be very important. That's the, that's the that's the very best way to to avoid people uh, doing something wrong. Is of course they know what to do and what not to do. Yeah, it sounds like pretty interesting work. I mean, I've uh, mm -hmm. I've personal interest in both financial markets and uh, you know back <laughs> when I used to spend a lot of time in casinos, you would see these people come in with like these mountains of money. Speaking of money laundering, and just be like, where do these people come from? Where does all this <laughs> where does all this cash come sure. from? Sure, but these days, uh, 
it's not just you know about strange looking people with cash all over the, in their pockets it can be you know in much more advanced ways uh, money laundering because money laundering is just not you know uh, people uh, f- from uh, drug dealing and so on it can be all kind of uh, uh, yeah corruption bribery uh, related money coming into uh, and and well uh, i wouldn't pinpoint any specific countries but <laughs> but at least uh, let's say the most of them east of east of Denmark somewhere. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and 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 well, people suddenly getting a lot of money for, uh, and which they cannot really uh, explain how they got them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what I was referring to is you do see people like that at casinos, but obviously, as you say, that's like the bottom of the food chain. It goes, it yeah, goes much yeah, bigger exactly, than that. Exactly. But it's much bigger than that. Yeah, but this is not a money laundering podcast. Um, so, so <laughs> no, <we> should, no, no. <laughs> so we should probably probably keep it moving. So you've um, you've got kids that are, as you said, you there as you were telling me before we started recording, they're now out of the house. Mm-hmm. So you've um, one of these working parents who's found time for chess when they could. But why don't you start mm-hmm. just by uh, briefly telling us like how you got into chess and what your journey was while like alongside your your professional track over the years? Well, the, I, I, I got into chess, I, I would say, much too late, of course, but but, but that was probably quite normal at the time. I, I started uh, in, a, in a chess club in 1980, so I was basically, I was almost f- 15 years old uh, and learned chess from my grandmother in particular. I also played a little with my father at the time being, but actually primarily with my grandmother and then i i joined the local club in the very west north part of denmark and even though it's a looked definitely from the us it's a small country but still i think at the time the traveling uh, time to copenhagen was like 7 hours so it felt like far away from copenhagen where i'm living now a very sort of uh, provincial uh, place in the country i, w- I would say very and of a small chess club uh, I enjoyed it a lot, but uh, and and also I got I, I got quite quickly to be the best player in 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 the club. But obviously, just being in a club with some twenty five thirty other members and most of them, I would I would believe the the second strongest was something like. 2050 at most 2100 in rating so if you wanted to be really good well then you have to you had to of course study chess uh, in the way you did at the time by books primarily and and try to travel out and play tournaments and then as 21 years uh, when i was 21 i i, I moved to copenhagen and and and, and started a in a, in a in this bank where i worked for many years <clears throat> But but and then the plan part of my plan definitely was uh, that now I should really play a lot of chess, of course, and be better uh, coming to Copenhagen. But as many other plans in life, they, it didn't really materialize. I think probably too much uh, time went by with just working and other, you might say, youth-related issues <laughs> like uh, going out with friends and uh, well, and chess, chess just probably was not really on, on, on top of the list. So I didn't move. I, I think my rating was basically around 2300 when I moved to Copenhagen and it stayed just around that for, well, the next many years. And um, 
And then in the late 90s, I got two kids, as uh, as you already mentioned. And uh, and then, I don't know, then chess definitely didn't get uh, closer to the top of my priority list uh, and um, had to take care of those. And I think for eight years, I didn't play one single rated game, actually. I think from, I was just checking it before this interview, I think from 95 until 2003, I, I didn't play a single rated uh, game. And, uh, and for 12 years, I didn't play uh, at a tournament. I just played basically some, uh, a few uh, matches for my, uh, for my club. So, um, so it was, um, well, I was, uh, I was not making, a, if anybody at that time had said, well, you, well, you might be an international master one day, I, I would have said no chance whatsoever. And um, and actually, when I started playing chess again, sort of, uh, and also t- t- having rated games and uh, planning going to tournament as well, one of the first thing I, I actually did was I thought, well, this will probably, like most people turning forty, go downhill from here. So I better buy the FM title before mm. I get be- below twenty three hundred, uh, because I was actually not aware that uh, just. Just you've been a, a above 2300 once in your life, you can basically always buy the title. So I thought, no, I know, no, this is, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm just going down from here like most people. So I sent these 100 Swiss franc or whatever to the Danish Chess Federation, and then I got this uh, <laughs> Fide Master title. And uh, well, that was uh, that was nice, of course, but uh, but also sort of. Uh, uh, looking back, uh, a signal of that uh, I was thinking, well, progress uh, is is not very likely for me. Um, and but what what had happened during my sort of very long pause, or more at least uh, more than semi pause from chess, was that all the technology stuff had 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 come, of course, chess space and playing on the internet, and 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 that made actually made it possible for me to. To to uh, even though I didn't play many tournaments at that time, I, I was able to well start training chess much more than uh, which was uh, possible uh, earlier, and I also got into a chess club which was playing in the highest Danish league, and that was also an inspiration. And I got a my a teammate I I should mention the, the Swedish grandmaster Johnny Hector, who is uh, was really an uh, yeah creative and inspiring uh, player and i got a few ideas of from from him for sure i can i probably the reason why i started playing the slaw defense was very much due to that he was always always uh, doing that and still is by the way um so so there were some factors who 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 started um well some kind of uh, uh, revival of my my chess career uh, and then, then, then later, I, I was actually trying. To, I was playing chess more regularly, and also I played playing in the Danish Championship. It was not a close tournament. Turn, tournament. It was for all players over twenty three hundred in rating, and I was just above that, so I could play there. And uh, I was preparing and so on. But what actually was very disappointing for me after I played quite good for for some time, then in two thousand and eight, I think I suddenly played extremely bad and i i i lost rating uh, every time i played and and i i think my i i was 
just below 2200 at a, at a point uh, around 2008. I remember I was writing an email to my the, the, the chairman of my club and saying, well, I, th- I think I better stop because I, I, I cannot stand playing this bad. And uh, I think I've been training. I've been sort of doing all the right things, uh, uh, which, which is supposed to be good for you. So, uh, but but that just to- going totally downhill and making horrible mistakes all the time. So, well, I guess most chess players know knows how that feels. And uh, yes. but from <laughs> there, yeah, but from there, I mean, being a Forty-three years old in two thousand and eight, uh, and have lost like more than hundred rating points in, I, th- I think, in one and a half years. So, well, suddenly, just by but slowly, I was starting climbing the other way, and um, and then, uh, I've, yeah, in two thousand and fifteen. I, I all of a sudden, to my surprise, almost made two IM norms and uh, and got over actually got over twenty four hundred in rating. And in particularly the, the last thing, I I mean I've I've been playing chess even though I started late. I've been playing chess for more than thirty years. And what what's the I mean what's the likelihood of a guy being in his late forties never been over twenty three? I think twenty three thirty forty or so. What's the likelihood that he should suddenly get over twenty? 400 it was sort of just not in my mind that that should happen so uh, and i think actually the the crucial game i was not even aware that if i won that game i would get over 2400 because it was still something which was not really in my mind that that it could happen but then i well won against uh, i am uh, with black in and by the way in quite nice game and 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 then my life rating was over 2400 so um so that that's that suddenly changed the whole picture, and uh, and 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 from I I mean if you had asked me just half a year before there I would still have said no way I'm going to be an IM but then I was so close to to having the title and then it was impossible not to focus on getting the last norm and then uh, <laughs> well uh, now you've seen my slideshow and I I think I called the four cursed years uh, came with. I was basically playing tournament after tournament and only focusing on this I I am title. Whereas where whereas I almost all the years I've played chess, I've played like for the best reason, which is I I, I love playing chess and I find it to be funny and challenging and so on. But all of a sudden, everything was just about getting that last damned I am norm, hmm. uh, and 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 it was uh, besides being very close a number of times, it was it also had the effect when I was playing a tournament and it was clear to me I could not get an I am norm. I had basically just lost interest, and in I was just thinking, well, uh, why why do I need to to play this tournament? Basically, uh, because that was the only thing on my mind uh, to get that norm. Uh, so that was uh, well, very very strange times, and uh, and I and, and and then I mean, I was just I was getting fifty, fifty one, fifty two, fifty three. Well, not really the 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 time in your life that you should expect uh, improvement and so on. So uh, <clears throat> I was definitely having the feeling I was fighting. Uh, time, uh, you might say, nature uh, in, at that point. And I, I, four times I played for an IM norm in last round. Uh, twice I just needed a draw and and another, the last two times I, I, I had to win. 
but but everything just fails and uh, of course nerves was a big part of it uh, because obviously when something is that important to you it's impossible to get rid of of being nervous uh, well i think even though you try to tell yourself well you should just play this as a normal game and so on it is in well i think in theory you can say so but in real life it's very very difficult um but then um in i played grenke which unfortunately was cancelled like every other tournament this year, but I played it last year in the Easter, and uh, well, yeah, somehow I got I, I got this uh, last norm. I think I played 15 tournaments in between these two first norms, and wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's uh, well. So, so so and 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 of course also everyone just told me in back in 2015 no no you should not worry about that last norm it'll it'll just come to you it, you're, you're you're no problem it'll be very easy for you <laughs> but I, I i think i was the only one not sure about it and uh, and well last step is always the most difficult so uh, but finally I, I i got it and actually and and actually maybe I approached at least I had to win in the last round and uh, I was actually playing um, um, go, going into an end game which uh, by perfect play you might say be almost equal but I was sort of having this view that okay let's see and uh, if he knows the moves and uh, uh, and otherwise I'll just try to play on and and, and see what's happening I was meeting a, an IM with roughly one. 2400 and uh, he was just not playing it very precisely and then my advantage was just yeah growing almost with every move and uh yeah i i don't think i ever had such a relief when when he resigned that game that was really uh yeah it was uh yeah i don't know what i don't know what would have happened to me if i didn't get the last norm uh that uh i uh, uh, I it's it's uh, I would probably have still have tried to play these four or five tournaments a year, but uh, but it it I can definitely assure it's for every tournament you're failing, it's just getting worse, and you're getting basically more nervous for every time. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a big relief just of, I think it was two months before my I was tur- turning fifty four, I got got that norm. So uh, yeah, well, it's amazing. And then I, yeah, and then and 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 what and and the whole thing was strange in the sense also that then I could return to playing recent uh, chess for the right reasons again right. because <laughs> I was I was uh, this uh, norm which was haunting me almost day and night I would say was was a way and I could well I play re- chess because I just love to play chess and uh, it's a challenge and so on and uh, and th- and that's that's of course how it should be. When when you are an amateur, you, you you should play for fun and because you like the game. Right. Yeah. And it, and it's like you have a successful career. You have a family. It's so it's like there's not like legions of people, you know, keeping track to see if you can win that title. But still, no, no, it's no, no. Natural it, impulse, you know. To... It, it's it's <laughs> it would, the whole pressure came only from myself, of course. Yeah. And there was no uh, sort of financial dependency or whatever from from having that title. And uh, I, I, and it's actually something I've been thinking about many times: how strange human psychology is because yeah. something even though you didn't consider it almost possible 
but then when you're close to it you cannot you you cannot avoid focusing that much uh, to to get yeah. in the last step which is uh, you might from, from seen from the outside it's it's it it sounds kind of, kind of crazy or stupid uh, you, you might say but but i now, now I don't consider my, myself to be very strange, uh, or, or so. <laughs> so I think, so honestly, I think most people who 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 will experience the same will will, or, or be in the same situation will will cannot almost resist thinking like uh, I need to do it now because I'm that close. Right. Yeah. And funny enough, like if initially if you hadn't gotten close, you wouldn't have considered it a failure, but. If you get Absolutely close and not. then don't make it, then there's a voice in your in your head telling you, "Oh, how could you not make it?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right, Ben, and it's uh, that's why it's human psychology is uh, sometimes, yeah, strange. You might say, because uh, I, I, yeah, I played chess for how much? Had thirty-five years, and and not well, maybe when I was in in the mid twenties or so. I think I was close to I am norm once, but that's all, and it's never been really realistic. And in, in particularly because of this, the twenty-four hundred. Uh, rating requirement, uh, which I was just uh, these last sixty seventy points is actually quite a lot. There's a big difference from these oh, yeah. r- a little bit more than twenty three hundred and and going to twenty four hundred. Yeah, just, of course. That to me, that's more impressive than the norms. I mean, that's consistency, and uh, you know, it's um, it's um, you can't you can't just have a good tournament. You know, you have to you have to just consistently improve. So. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly, and that's that's and that was uh, now now really I was not thinking about becoming I am, but we, but if I should have if I w- would have been asked about it, I would definitely say that. But but how should I get twenty four hundred in rating? That just seems uh, very unlikely. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Quite un, unusual, at least uh, anyone uh, are taking these steps in the, in the, in the very late forties uh, yeah. to, to something they've basically never been close to before. Yeah. So, Corey, we have a lot of related questions to both that and, of mm. course, what exactly you did. But first, I want to take a quick break and uh, hear from my friends at Chessable. Hey, Perpetual Chess listeners, the day has come. GM Magnus Carlsen's course, The Magnus Touch Strategic Play, is now available on Chessable. It's not often that you can get instruction directly from one of the greatest players of all time while he's at the peak of his powers. Of course, The Magnus Touch utilizes Chessable's Move Trainer technology to ensure you're able to remember and assimilate the tips and strategy that Magnus dispenses. So go to chessable.com and have a look. So, Cor, the first question I want to get into, again, we have lots of the Adult Improver interviews always get a lot of questions from people who support the podcast, whether via Patreon or PayPal. And I love to hear the questions. I love to like sort of get to know people as I sort of uh, got to know you and now actually I'm talking to you um, over the years. Um, so the first one I want to ask you is from Courtney Fry, um, who uh, had two sort of uh, age-related questions. Uh, Courtney asks... Do you think that the perception that chess skill starts to peak relatively early in life hinders some people from trying to improve and therefore becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy? Or how much of the difficulty in improving later in life is from true brain changes as opposed to just much greater family and life responsibilities or decreased competitive drive? 
And that is the million-dollar question from Courtney. <laughs> yeah, for sure, a, a long but still very good yeah. question. And 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 well, not to get out of it by in an easy way, but but obviously it's also individual from human person for 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 every human person. Uh, because uh, I can, uh, even though I might, I might sound as if, well, he's just uh, playing his best chess uh, around fifty or so. I think it's a, it's, it's definitely a mixture of uh, positive and negative things. Because I, I, for sure, feel, for instance, my memory is not as good as it used to used to be in the thirties or so, and and my tactical abilities are well in some situation not as good but then obviously i have some other improvements in, in, in instead or areas i have improved so i don't think we can we can we can hide that uh, well brain is functioning i wouldn't say worse but just in another way definitely when you're getting older uh, so <clears throat> so that's 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 true but i think Actually, the perception, uh, as as uh, in the question, that you you cannot really well you cannot do it, and I was I was I was sort of uh, buying into that perception myself, uh, as I said before that. Uh, well, how should I be- become a 2400 player when I've just been a 2300 player, basically, for that many years? So I think it is also a matter that you, you put yourself in a box, so to speak, and uh, and say, well, that's that's just outside my uh, capabilities to, to, to improve that much. So, I've, so I think it's a... And, 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 and that's... And that's at least something I've, I've, I've been trying to work to work with. Even though I, I had that perception, I was thinking, no. And that was actually quite much of my motivation, besides being close to the title all of a sudden. Also that, well, uh, <laughs> to do this quite unusual thing, to actually improve that late was in was a motivation in itself. Um, but, 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 but we all, all tend to put... put Put sort of different thing in 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 boxes, meaning that well, very difficult to get outside that box. Yeah, and and you kind of alluded to the uh, the other half of Courtney's question, um, which is um, just how uncommon do you think it is for people who are above age forty or fifty to achieve IM or GM? And is there someone who has been the oldest that you're aware of? Uh, yeah, somebody must have been the oldest for sure, and I, I, I know my my um, my, my my countryman uh, uh, who actually got GM very late because he was senior world champion, uh, Jens Christiansen. I think he got the title like fifty-seven or something, but that was due to being a world champion, which is obviously a very big achievement. But uh, but even that was not a GM norm. I think it was pretty close, but not a GM norm actually, uh, and I think he was trying to look at it at some times and I think I said I saw something like the 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 oldest one was uh, just over 50 getting being a GM and just for fun when I I, I got my IM t- title I think there was around 30 35 getting becoming IM at the same time and I think I was 11 years senior your, your FM title or your... on the list actually 
No, no, my I am title. When I got the uh, my I am title, you can it's actually open. You can you can go to Feeder's homepage. All title applications are, are there, and um, and and the age of everyone is also there. And so I I, I recall I, I I went through the list a year ago when I got the title officially, and and sort of um, saw that. Uh, yeah, I, I think we were roughly thirty who were awarded the I am title uh, a okay. year ago because it's every quarter there's a new list, new list of bo- both GM uh, IMs and a number of other titles, and um, but I don't know if there's any sort of, of official list so to speak. And I also I also made another thing. I actually I went through the list of all Danish IMs. I think there are roughly forty five of them, and I think. The the second oldest one was actually my my very good club friend uh, who also became I am uh, a year ago Jakob Sylvain uh, and he's eleven year my uh, uh, he's eleven year young, younger than I am and he's still the second oldest he's the oldest uh, of of the remaining I ams ah, when okay. they became I am. Almost without exception, they got uh, became IMs in uh, in the twenties at latest, and a few of them in the thirties, and that's yeah. that's all. So there's a big gap. I do wish this data were a little easier to track down because, as, as Courtney alludes to, I mean some some aspect of of the improvement issues that people face may have to do with motivation. And as I've mentioned once or twice before, if there were more like sort of recognition for people. Um, achieving things based on their age, like, you know, oldest to achieve IM, oldest to achieve GM, biggest rating jump over the age of 50. Mm -hmm. You know, if there were some sort of central database that tracked this stuff, or if the individual federations tracked it, um, A, we would know more about it. And B, um, that would be an extra carrot for people who, as you say, even, even something as prestigious as the IM, you know, title, it was mainly you. It was for you that you were doing it. You know, it wasn't mm. at least at least uh, at least if you can have your name on a website or something. <laughs> it's like some other you know small degree of motivation um, and inspiration for people. Mm. For, for, yeah, for 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 sure. And and and, and uh, obviously somebody <laughs> needs needs to be the uh, be be the oldest. And uh, but you can also you can also look at uh, did they some of them uh, got the title after maybe. Twenty years in between the norms and uh, who started latest and so on and uh, there, there, yeah, you can make uh, different lists of of the yeah. these stuff and and actually the motivation uh, to to become the oldest. Well, it's not that I've been waiting twenty years be- to become <laughs> right. and uh, no suspicion about that. Uh, but there shouldn't be. Uh, but um, but in the end, it was definitely a, a, a motivation. And and funny, I just uh, uh, I know Jakob Ogor and another Dane uh, who I think yeah he's been in the program himself. I think twice and mentioned by many. I, I've known Jakob for many years, uh, all the way back to when he was. Uh, yeah, sixteen, seventy or so, and he uh, congratulated with my title and, and said something that, uh, which was half price, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was praise or not, but but um, uh, you got the title because you were you, you were the only one in your age group who believed you could do it. Hmm. So uh, I don't know if he means that uh, mm-hmm. a lot of other f- guys could do it around the fifties, maybe, but. Um, well, I, I I I'm pretty happy he said that because uh, 
I think it's actually very difficult to keep up motivation uh, and believe you, believe yeah. you still can do something uh, in this age where you should just basically yeah. need to go downhill. <clears throat> right, especially because as your rating graph shows, and I'll I'll put a link to the rating graph as well so that people can can trace your journey themselves. But it's it's not like you were just it wasn't a straight up line. You know, there were many many setbacks along Absolutely. the way. So many many places you could have uh, given up, but but you didn't. So and uh, many people would. Yeah, 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 and 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 in particular, I was uh, as I mentioned before, I was uh, I was uh, really uh, the closest I ever been to giving up chess was in two thousand and eight because I just felt every the whole world was unfair to me. Well, well, many people have felt so during the times probably, but I definitely also felt it because as I, as I said, I, I've been doing a lot of things right, I, I believe, and but still I was punished so so to speak by the chess gods and uh, and lost a lot of rating and. Uh, felt uh, well how can this be but uh, somehow I, I carried on and that's looking back it was just well I was then I was uh, that from from there it was basically more or less uh, uphill uh, the next six seven years towards uh, when I, I turned 50 uh, but that was hard to yeah. uh, and hard as to I know and I, I can definitely assure there was no I am title in my mind at that, that uh, I, I was just well playing on because uh, uh, well I, I, I think I, I thought I, I cannot stop now having a, this, such a low rating and have play, played <laughs> and having played that badly the last tournament so uh, and then fortunately things <laughs> turned around you don't want to quit with your rating graph looking like a cliff dive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no that's uh, well uh, maybe I would be the only one caring but anyway yeah. <laughs> um, although my, you know, mine kind of looks like one to be honest. So, yeah, I guess you're around you forty-three run. now. So maybe, yeah, maybe, exactly. maybe it's uphill from now. Yeah, I'm taking a lot of notes this this conversation. <laughs> um, so, and we have one more age-related question, and then I really want to get into your study hmm. habits. And, and uh, uh, our next question actually sort of uh, touches on that too. So, it's from a fellow fifty-something adult improver who's been on the show. USCF master Han Shu, and uh, he um, asks, he says, um, so number, well, there's two questions. I'll just read them both, although you already touched on part of number two, but uh, he says, number one, do you think the competitive scene, oh, first he says, congratulations and thank you for giving us all hope. Thanks. Number two, <laughs> then he says, do you think the competitive scene changed during your journey, the combination of new technology, available information mm -hmm. with hordes of youth players, especially from India? are well booked up and tactically very sharp have you yeah. changed your approach to deal yeah. with these developments mm -hmm. and number two is also a lot of questions do you notice any decline in your cognitive abilities and have you adjusted your strategy based on that um for instance less consistency tactical tactical oversights difficulty remembering openings etc and did you change did you change the openings that are less concrete and more based on pattern understanding well, that was a long question, but yeah, uh, a lot of questions there. <laughs> um, I I think I I touched upon this with uh, memory, basically uh, already, and 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 cognitive uh, functions and and tactical ability, and and there, honestly, I think you will be fighting uh, nature uh, when you turn forty, at least. Uh, there there will be something which uh, is harder than before, and and another thing he's mentioned. That the the 
I, I see it as uh, a lot of people are speaking about rating inflation. I, I think in particular a few years ago, but but there's definitely also been inflation in strength, you might say. And I'm sometimes just for fun, I'm looking back at some of the games I played, let's say 30, 35 years ago. I think that's around where the, my first games came into the databases. And I'm just sort of, how could that guy have 2300 in rating? He's, right. he, he, he doesn't understand a, a clue about what he's doing and making very bad mistakes and and so i think i I, i'm difficult to put it into numbers but but i think i wouldn't be surprised if you had 2300 playing strength in let's say 30 years ago now if you're playing with the same ability you would be at least rated 100 points lower now i believe because there's been uh, much development which was also what i was taking advantage of in in, in my own progress so but obviously everyone has been doing that so so i i think there's been a big big uh, development there and and i think here was also a question about <clears throat> if if I sort of if i try to adjust it uh, have adjusted my play uh, due to 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 eight so to speak and I think uh, I think it's a mixture because you should all I, I don't think you the way you basically play chess it's difficult to to totally change so so you cannot I don't think you can play totally different than you used to but you can definitely take into consideration maybe avoiding very sharp lines against young players uh, you can you, you can also for instance before I played very rarely, Queen's Gambit declined. But I would think that's my sort of main defense against 1d4 today. That's what I would play in most games. Uh, because it's 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 solid, you probably won't lose in 18 moves or so because you don't know the theory or whatever. Whereas uh, you can do that in a, in a number of other uh, defenses against uh, 1d4. And also with wide, I, I'm... I, I used to be primarily a one e4 player, but always had a mixture actually. But last years I played much more um, uh, uh, d4. Actually, when I got the last norm, I, except in one game, I played d4 in, in all games. So, and also I've been very. I'm also very happy to always go into end games. <laughs> I sort of feel well now. I'm not losing in one or two moves at least, and very often it's about having a feeling for yeah where to put your pieces and uh, and there's not that many tactical oversights in in end game so uh, i would think my um, i'm i wouldn't say i always strive for going into end games but i definitely never will avoid it uh, if uh, if i can because uh, I, I i feel more comfortable uh, in end games than in very tactical positions at least to compared to how i i felt let's say 15 20 years ago okay so it sounds like you made some adjustments but mm. maybe you weren't maybe you were kind of more on the solid spectrum you were more of a um a dove than a hawk as cyrus lakdawalla mm. would say yeah, I, I don't know if uh, I, I always my main defense against e4 has always very much inspired by bobby fisher's uh, 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 always been knight of uh, variation oh wow yeah 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 from but but i also mixed that up with a number of other uh, even those sicilian defenses but but some of the 
also because I had some very bad experience, uh, as also was basically in the question that uh, you 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 come against these young players armed with uh, uh, computers and they've seen like uh, all your games and uh, I I remember losing uh, a few years ago to uh, I think a twenty one hundred player who obviously had he he had the whole game from from home. Uh, and and I, I think he had spent like five minutes. I was and I had used more than one hour, and I was just losing. Um, well, that was at least sort of a, a wake up call in the sense that you, I, I needed to have some kind of variation. I could not just basically play night off. Uh, I I had to have, be able to have a variation, making it much harder to prepare against me. <clears throat> so what you what you pick up? Well, I mean, still, still, still. I assume you could tell us because we yeah, can look yeah, it up anyway. <laughs> no, no, still Sicilian, but very much uh, classical Sicilian. And also, I've been playing, <laughs> which is all, definitely also something where you have to be alert at the Dragon Dwarf. And I've been playing uh, uh, Leventhal against Sicilian, uh, and and also what is it, uh, two Knight F six. Uh, that's also quite an interesting variation, actually, and 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 just having these three, four different um, uh, types of Sicilian to Sicilian to play makes it much more difficult to pre- for anyone to prepare against you. Um, otherwise, you will just experience this that I did. I think it's four years ago. I had this horrible <laughs> game where yeah, just losing uh, against a twenty-one hundred player uh, who who didn't play a single move basically before he was winning. A, yeah so that was a night off that game? that was a night off yes exactly wow mainly impressive that he could pull that off yeah mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah. long long variation. okay yeah um so i think we covered um hans questions i'm just double checking them because there there was a lot there but but the main thing i want to dig into core is um what you actually did because i mean 2300 to 2400 feet in your 40s and 50s i mean mm-hmm. while working that is just like i don't think there's a lot of people who've pulled that off so could you describe your study routine a little bit yeah i i, I definitely do that and but i think what i would say first of all is that i th- i believe unless and i i guess most listeners are not uh, 26 2700 players uh, and un- unless you are that i think most important is that that what you're doing when you're when you're studying chess is that you like it because that keeps you going i think uh, and and you can you can you can do so many things about chess uh, tactical exercises uh, study openings uh, play through master games and uh, uh, yeah end game studies and so on and i'll come back to what i what sort of my favorites are but i think mo- and play blitz on the internet for that matter a lot of that uh, even Mark- magnus carlsen has played i, th- I wouldn't say ten thousands of blitz games and it doesn't seem to have hurt him at least uh, yeah, he's still playing one minute every <laughs> night <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but winnie he will be turning in his in He's great for sure, but uh, <laughs> he, he uh, I mean, he, he was sort of almost abandoning Blitz game, I think, if he, if he, if he could. Uh, but, but, uh, so I think basically that's, the, that's, that's, and that's also, I'm saying that first of all, because we're all individuals. It's not one size fits all, but if there's one thing which fits all is that you should do what you like to when you're doing chess, because 
then you will do more of it and, and you will not get tired of it. Oh, that's very simple, basically. So having sort of uh, 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 one fits uh, one size fits all approach, I I I, I definitely don't uh, that'll do because we are we are different and like to do different things uh, and and again if you're not like a 26 2700 player I, I i think just doing some chess every day is is is, is well making you better uh, and and lifting your game and uh, and get your keep playing chess so so i think follow your passion and 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 uh, and then another approach thing uh, which i can uh, i can speak about for for sure is this the patient uh, you need to have patient you won't see results most likely and particularly not if you are you are in in in, in the age group as i am or close to that <clears throat> You cannot expect that you will have a, a enormous progress in a, in a very short time. That's uh, uh, well, it can happen, but uh, but don't expect it. Uh, no, no matter what you do, because otherwise you'll be very disappointed uh, if you expect very big progress in in a month or so. Having said all that, uh, I I think the what what sort of when I'm playing tournaments because i would i would sort of divide my advices into what i call quick fixes and uh, and and then secondly more long term solutions and if i take the quick fixes first and how what 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 am i doing uh well in in particularly before playing tournaments and that's a uh, tactic and it's not rocket science it's tactical exercises i'm using this tactic trainer app uh, because it, the, the the great thing about it is it, it's adjusting uh, the difficulty of the of the of the exercises to yeah to a level and that's that's also important because if you get too all all too easy uh, exercises you'll get tired of it and then definitely you'll also get tired of it if if they're they're much too hard for you so um, so i'm and i'm definitely not paid by by those uh, people and there's probably also other apps so, apps out there but, yeah, yeah i'm still curious though i mean there's so many yeah, as you say sure. but which which app was it which uh, app the it? tactic trainer app i think that that's just the name of it uh, tactic Okay. I believe uh, I'm not even sure who's uh, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, yeah, there's so many of them. There's so many of them. I used that for a number of years, yeah. And then one thing I I find very I always liked end game studies and there's there's also some um, some uh, end game uh, apps out there. And I think and maybe a, f a few people would think, wow, but how you, you but how do you know if you get to to such an end game uh, or, or, or or such a study position? But but I think there's a big spillover when you when you're doing these studies uh, also to your yeah to to your whole chess game. It's it's just learning a lot about chess. Uh, <laughs> can be difficult to explain and then and, and make a very good reasoning why it is so. But but I think doing end game studies that's that's basically my favorite, and I'm doing a lot of them when I'm before playing tournaments. Uh, and just both because I definitely believe it works, but also because I think it's fun. I think it's it would be much more fun than sitting in with my chess table with a very big opening books and trying to memorize some long lines in some kind of opening. Um, that I will probably do just before the game, uh, a, a concrete game, um, where I will do some opening prep, uh, some specific preparation for, for that 
game, but in sort of in gotcha. general level tactical exercises and end game uh, uh, studies. And <clears throat> and one thing, I, <laughs> even though uh, as I as I put it, but he would be rotating in his grave for sure. I would definitely not condemn playing Blitz. I was I was probably a little bit uh, influenced by Podwinnik uh, uh, or and other maybe Russians and so on uh, in my attitude to Blitz. Blitz, but I've I've been playing also a lot of Blitz uh, the last many years actually, and 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 I think. Basically, for the same reasons that I well, I think it's fun. It's I'm I'm, I'm well aware I'm, it might be that I could spend these uh, hours better by doing some other kind of of, of jazz, but but it's still good enough. It's maybe only like seventy or eighty percent of perfect, but but if you find it is fun, um, do it because it's still much better than not doing anything. And you're looking at are you looking at the blitz game score or you just play them and just keep going? Do you review the game? Yes, and that's that's actually the the one advice I would give about Blitz game. I always, if particularly if there's something in the in in the opening phase where I, I think, well, this I have to, I cannot just go on to next game before sort of examining what was really going on here, and and there I'll always stop up for well. For, whatever three five minutes and and just going back and uh wouldn't say make a big analysis of the game but at least trying to to find out how how should i play against against that specific variation because uh, as i guess most chess players do in blitz game they also play more or less the same openings as as they do or at least plan to do in 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 future classical chess games so so um, I, so it is something you can learn from and and uh, and be prepared also when you're playing uh, yeah classical chess so so don't I, so I don't think you well you can do it of course if that's the only thing you care about you can play 20 30 games in a row with no pause but I, I would advise that if if there is something interesting just stop up and and go through the opening phase and maybe use some of the for instance chess base uh, I have the I'm using the chess base app so I have that on a, my tablet or whatever wherever I'm playing so I can very easily go through the yeah the opening and find what what should have have played or what what other options are there here? So, um, but 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 besides that, play as much blitz as 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 you want to. But it should probably not only be like eighty ninety percent of your chess work. Well, at least then you will reach some kind of uh, roof in your in your rating. I, I would assume yeah. because you don't get, uh, you can say you, you won't get, you probably won't get a, 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 as much variation in the input as from doing other things as well. I won't necessarily say exactly what, but but I don't think doing just one thing like playing blitz uh, will will be perfect for your for your play. But it's uh, but it's still but it's still again uh, better than not doing anything. So. Uh, keep on playing the blitz and it seems that blitz is very popular not least in these times so uh, so uh, no no problem about that that's sort of well what i would say is the the, the my my quick fixes and and <clears throat> another thing which is well it i don't know if in my it almost could qualify as as, as sort of quick fix as well what, that is what I call you should analyze and which is by the way a, a very normal advice in 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 the 
in the in your podcast. I listen to many many of these pod, uh, brilliant podcasts and listen to many advices and 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 been trying to to take the best out of it or those who who shoots me at least. Uh, <clears throat> and one one advice which is very to very often heard is you should analyze your games very uh, basic but i would just add one thing do it at what i call distance meaning that you should not do it half an hour after you lost or won for that matter because then you will be too much affected by the result of the game and not being that objective as as you should are supposed to do when you're doing an analysis i would think most analysis when you have won right after you won well then you sort of your attitude well i just made a small uh, inaccuracy here but it didn't really matter anything i won the game anyway so well nothing to concern about and and then on the other side if you're losing then everything was just wrong which of and and both are most likely wrong i mean you're you're you, you you have to accept that even though you're winning you can definitely learn something and do better next time and the same if you're losing well probably you didn't do everything wrong uh, something you did do wrong but but uh, and that's why take and make an analysis the day after uh, after a good night's sleep because then you're looking at the game with much more objective eyes yeah that's good advice although i do feel like Sometimes it's helpful for me to at least quickly look at a game when I'm done because I just want to make sure I remember as many thoughts mm -hmm. as possible because it's, I don't know if this happens to to you or to other people, but sometimes I'll play a move and I won't even remember. I'll be like, <laughs> what, what, what was I thinking? What was, you know, what was my plan there? And then you read these books by like yeah. I'm reading Judith's book right now because uh, Jen Shahadi and I are going to do a book recap uh -huh. part of um, – of, um, uh, uh, how I beat Fisher's record. And she's, she's breaking down her analysis from when she was 11, you know, <laughs> she's like breaking down all her calculations from when she was 11 years That's old. That's amazing. And then I play a game and I look at it the next day and I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. So, no. um, yeah, it's, it's a different world. <laughs> it's yeah, well now, now as a, as a, as I tend to say that it's, 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 it's also difficult, dangerous to tend to perfect, to be perfect uh, when you're doing your chess, because it's very difficult. And, and, Obviously, perfectly, you should probably make a quick analysis. Also, if you can do it with your opponent, that's 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 fun, yeah. and, uh, and you can learn a lot from that. So, so um, in the in the perfect world, you should probably do both. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure which one is most important, but I think you should actually should do both because. I've been in that. I, of course, I've been sitting with an opponent after winning or losing, uh, like many, many times, and I just have this feeling that you are, you're, 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 you're too emotional um, influenced yeah. right after a game. In well, maybe not if it's a drawn game. That's 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 probably the way where you, you're sort of most objective. I would I would believe, but if you've been losing or winning, well, I think you might be a too too influenced by the result when you're when you're analyzing so so that's i think that would at least be a wise to do it um yeah the day after if that's possible um or after the tournament i've been i'm i'm definitely not perfect myself and i've not always been doing doing it i'm trying to but uh but i'm i'm still sure it's um it's it's the right way to do it if you want to really learn yeah w what are you doing both good and bad.
I want to get back into a little bit. So, I mean, you've given some great advice in terms of what to do, mm. but I'm looking again at your rating graph here, Cora. Mm. And again, we're saying, I said 2300 to 2400, but really, as you mentioned, you're sort of rock bottom point in 2008. Um, if you trace the graph, you went up to 2400, mm. 22, gained 200 points, which even though you you might have been underrated, uh, like when you hit rock bottom <laughs> from sort of your 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 like stable ability still getting those rating points requires a lot so we're talking about eight years and 2200 2400 fide so um we we get what the activities you did and i think the the advice you gave about um it needing to be something you enjoy is particularly important but what about like how much actual time you were spending so um Ooh. how many hours a day do you think or wow. how many hours a week or yeah. and did you take months mm. off or weeks off no well well of course, obviously when i was traveling to tournaments which which i actually more did when when i actually got the two norms uh, and i sort of felt almost obliged to to travel to tournaments but before that i i, I didn't do that that much and in time of time consuming a day that's well it's very on it's been very unfrequent and i think it's going very much it's always been like that uh, for me that it's been going a lot up when i had a tournament in within sort of shooting distance like within a month or so uh, there i've sort of been motivated more to 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 really work with chess because then otherwise outside these sort of tournament periods it's more well honestly playing blitz and uh, more uh, yeah, looking and just reading about chess or for fun you might say which is not a bad reason but i would think in average well one hour maybe one hour i would think okay. probably my wife would say two but uh but, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah because there's also like do you count the blitz like is that one hour counting playing blitz yeah or? yeah yeah, sure 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 that would be including uh yeah sort of uh, everything okay. and uh reading books like well most recently i i read this which was also he was also a guest the anand file which was almost yeah uh, well basically a very very great book and very interesting book and but yeah I yeah, agree. yeah and, but but maybe not that something well you you get that much better because it didn't play through all the games uh, in 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 the book but just reading is almost like a uh yeah novel because it was so exciting and getting behind the scenes and so on but if you count that kind of time uh, well then i think it's yeah uh, around one hour uh, but but again, that hour is probably well. I, I, I difficult to put percentages to it, but let's say twenty five, thirty percent of it maybe is like you know um, just stress chess interest time, like yeah, reading Anand mm -hmm. files or other of these many many great chess books out there, where where it's more like just out of chess interest than just with one purpose of getting better, no matter. I, so. I'm, I'm not sort of that kind of person that I sort of say every minute I spend on chess related thing. Well, I just need to get better from it. That's well, that's that's not how I divide my time, at least. So part of it is 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 probably with the purpose of getting better, and and part is just uh, for out of interest. And that's definitely not a good. That's not a bad reason for for reading a chess book. You make it sound so doable for <laughs> just a, just an hour a day. Ah. Don't have to torture yourself. <laughs> yeah. Then again, maybe my wife would say too. But I, I know I, I think huh. one actually, if if, okay. if you count every day uh, around the year, uh, I, I think one one is not uh, far far out. Uh, 
and and also okay. I'm, well I, I I spent time in many ways I <laughs> actually when I should do this into your thinking when 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 I've spent time for instance I when I my kids were were younger I was, they were playing a lot of tennis and badminton and things and when we were sitting waiting for the next match uh, well I took I right. took my my computer and was studying chess in all these uh, sports uh, halls around uh, sports centers around Denmark and tennis courts and whatever and uh, uh, so so you can do it uh, yeah you can basically study chess uh, anywhere almost so um, I've been trying to to yeah use use the time uh, where I, I I could I could find it but I I definitely I I I would never say I I've not it's definitely not something like close to three hours a day on average never uh, that's that's never been possible for me so uh, um, okay but I think very much of 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 the progress was was because of the technology which simply made my training in many ways much more efficient than it was before uh, the chess base for instance where you literally in seconds could find games and study those and it's in in many ways just so much more efficient every obviously that's that's also been the case for for everyone but maybe it's i don't know appealed more to me or or somehow uh, uh um, at least it 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 gave me uh, gave me that, that that progress yeah and not spending endless hours uh, on it no so but i don't think it was that easy so i don't think it sounds like it's 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 so easy okay well i mean again you you make it sound i mean uh, for, for for whatever the reason i mean i know you had your years of struggle but some people i think hmm sort of feel like they never get out of it but something happened for you where you were able to get out of it um yes and uh and it's uh it's uh, uh definitely a, a mixture of, of things and 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 now i, I maybe i didn't uh, get through the sort of the list of, of of long-term solutions because i think i also mentioned before the the slaw defense that's really been a uh, I think that was very important. I, I, I because I, when I'm thinking about, it, I don't know really what I actually did play about uh, against one d4. I never really got a, uh, a, a rock solid defense or so. So that was very important. I got this confidence. That, well, no, I was always thinking when they're playing one d4. Ooh, long boring game where I'm just getting pressed all the game and uh, no way out of this sort of uh, that's mental state I was in but uh, the slow defense was uh, really important to me so that's also an advice find find an Maybe after speaking with a good friend of yours, uh, find find an opening which which suits you, and uh, and and think that was that was definitely important to me, and and study uh, some master games, and and one thing I one if I should mention also one book I had a lot of pleasure on uh, during the uh, that's that's uh, also another author who's been mentioned a few times, John Nunn, um, and in the particularly Grandmaster the chess move by move because he he's okay. he's just explaining things in a in such a brilliant way uh, and um <laughs> where only only bad thing about it is when you when you're sitting with the position yourself then so obviously then suddenly it's not that easy and uh, and clear cut as as when John Nunn, he was describing what to do in these kind of positions but i would that that would be definitely a 
big recommendation from my side. And I think that and 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 that book and 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 then this uh, changing to slow defense, which just gave me such a lot of comfort when people played one d four. I well, I just I was in a totally another state of mind than uh, than I was before when 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 I had to defend against one d four. Okay, yeah, and actually we have a related question from a supporter of the podcast, so just going to jump in and read it. This one is um from Jadeep Chakrabarty, um, and before I get to his question, I just want to give a little shout out because he um he's a software engineer. Um, and he's looking to build an affordable digital chessboard. Um, so like one that, you know, I, um, is it DGI, the ones that when you watch a tournament, it automatically transmits the moves. Um, he's looking to build a more affordable one and he's just looking, um, to get publicities and it's not like a for-profit venture. So I just, just did want to mention JDeep's pro- JDeep's project that's been written up on Chessbase India. So I'll put a link to, to that in the show description. Um, and thanks for the support, JD. But his question is um, general advice for building a repertoire. He says there's so many lines to remember. Mm-hmm. And even if somehow he overcomes that, he feels like low rated players then deviate and come up with some crazy variation. <laughs> well, uh, welcome in the club, I would say, because <laughs> that, yeah. that's the story of chess. Uh, I think it's a. Uh, uh, at least the last part of it is um, well. Uh, my best advice would be try to devi- be the first to deviate, of course, and that's why you should have a, a variation of, of openings. Uh, otherwise, you will always end up being the one who's who's surprised in in, in the end, at least. Um, so, so I think. But but this uh, yeah, building how was building the a, a, a repertoire. Um, it is, uh, yeah. It it is something I, I I believe you should at least have a, a certain strength before that's your main concern, because um, you should feel that uh, ta- feel more f- find out which kind of position you you you, you feel home in, because uh, I, I I know so many chess players and I would I would say that. You can, uh, not one hundred percent, of course, but but from the personality of the or, or, and the style they have, you can almost tell what kind of openings uh, will suit them. I, I I believe so, and so sort of starting saying I I just need this opening repertoire. Uh, that's I think that's that's at least not for a beginner the 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 right place to to start. I think you should play a lot of different uh, openings and 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 maybe just by looking through master games, sort of find out what kind of positions uh, do I feel most at home in. Where where is it most easy for me to to understand what's going on? And and when and if that's in the queen's gambit declined, well then you should strive for these kind of position. And if it's in the dragon variation of the Sicilian or or king's Indian, you should you should probably uh, use those opening as your as the backbone of your opening repertoire. Um, but I but I must say, and particularly in, in when when. Well, have you just played a few tournaments at some level? You, you, your games will end up in in in, in a database. So you need to 
even going quite low down in uh, in rating, I I think you have to accept that you cannot just have one single opening. I think you should have at least two defenses against one e4 and one d4. Uh, yeah, See, but that makes it even more overwhelming. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> to, I know, but it's it's. Uh, uh, nobody has promised. I hope that it's it's easy to play chess, and that's also the challenge right. <laughs> the challenge of the game. And 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 that's definitely not been been easier. Well, with with all the databases and preparations, which is just uh, raising the requirements when you're you're playing chess, because everyone can just study your game and uh, basically ask uh, the computer where 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 did he make a mistake and or where where can I how how can I play a strong move again against this line uh so <clears throat> so it's uh yeah and that's also what i i meant when uh earlier i said that the playing strength today of a, a player rated let's say 2200 or 2000 uh, for sure also uh is is much higher than it was like 20 or 30 years with the same rating so uh it's uh, there are probably just no easy way out, but I, I don't sincerely think that the first uh, thing, the first place to start, is to say, I I need an opening repertoire. I'll just find uh, some book uh, recommendation, some good book, and 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 then that, that's my opening, because it's not necessarily something which suits your style. So. So uh, and and you won't know that before you have either played the games, uh, played some different openings, which can be very very hard to do if you are a beginner. So try to study some 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 games and um, and and let that inspire uh, what you. Uh, and that was also I can I can uh, that I can definitely count uh, tell for myself. And I got this uh, wonderful. Uh, my 60 memorable games, which also influenced me a lot. I think I got it in 1982 and so on. And I definitely fell for the, the night off. But for some reason, I, right. I, but on the other side, King's Indian, I, I, I couldn't really understand what was going on. So that never attracted me, even though Fisher played that all uh, in a lot of games as well. But but the night off, well, that just felt natural to me. So I I, I took I adopted that because I liked the positions and 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 and, and I, well, I, probably I didn't, but I, at least I felt uh, I somehow understood a part of what was going on in the all the night off games <clears throat> so i think that's 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 more a way i would recommend to to build or sort of in a in a in a backward way uh, build your opening repertoire find positions you like and then well how did how how did you arrive to these positions well that's that's the opening you like the most okay yeah and it's good advice because it kind of it fits with your overall advice of making sure that your study routines are ones ones that you like, and not just uh, you know you're not just absolutely not just on absolutely. the uh, treadmill of for- forcing yourself to try to get better. You know? <laughs> no, 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 and 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 sort of trying to find the uh, and again not speaking to people with twenty six, twenty seven hundred in rating, then it's no point that you try to find an opening. Uh, which is better than another because all normally accepted played uh, openings by grandmasters and there are many 
well, they are absolutely playable uh, to, to, to a very high level and rating. So that shouldn't be a sort of, uh, it should not be a concern at all, I think, that which opening is from a theoretical point of view, maybe is 0. Uh, yeah. 0.1 or 0.15 better according to, uh, you know, Stockfish or all the other computers out there. Because in an advantage in 0. 0.1 or something doesn't matter, basically. Not even at my level i was yeah. I, I, I i i well not 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 to i think you you need to be almost in in sort of world class level be, before these these things really kicks in that uh, these types of advantages because there will be a lot of um Mistakes, uh, mis- yeah. mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, look at Magnus's Blitz games. I mean, he he'll play anything. <laughs> he's playing the the Alyekin. He's playing yeah, 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 yeah. five bishop c four against the knight exactly. orf. I mean, he's just yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, and speaking speaking about memory, even Magnus, who only turned thirty this year, he 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 was dead lost in seven moves because he couldn't with white. By the way, yeah. In, in that <laughs> because he, he he suddenly he couldn't forget what to play uh, right. uh, in, in in something he had prepared uh, I think uh, actually not too long ago and so on so uh, you shouldn't feel too embarrassed when you sometimes can't really remember what what how to what to play in uh, in the opening that's uh, yeah almost yeah. anyone has, has made that kind of uh, mistakes okay and uh, and we should uh, we should wrap up Kari because um. I mean, there's so much more I would like to talk about, honestly. I know you've got some good stories. And um, so we might need to have you back on sometime. But um, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Some you're welcome. Yeah, that yeah, would I be great. Long, I have a long chess life for sure. Yeah, so yeah exactly. I've seen a, a lot of yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen, a, seen a few things, yeah. yeah. Okay, but but for this one, let's let's do two more things. I have one more listener question, and then let's get one story out of you before we go, and then mm. we'll have you back for for even more at some point. Wow. Um, so the the last uh, listener question is from Cody Noble, um, and Cody asks. He says, thinking back to when you were around the level of beginning club player, which admittedly was many years ago, um, what type of training did you find most beneficial? Um, and then this one I think might be more apropos for like this day and age, Cody's second question is, um, if you could retrain from scratch as a chess player with all of today's tools and resources, how would you structure your training to maximize your improvement and efficiency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of control, alt, delete, I I guess. That that could could be helpful sometimes. (laughs) You're you're, you're sort of getting rid of all uh, (laughs) your your bad conceptions of things and so on and starting from scratch. But first, going back to sort of what what did I do? And uh, I already mentioned, uh, I think two books were main influential for me because everything was books 40 years ago to to maybe the surprise of uh, of those under 30 or something. It was chess books, uh, and uh, uh, you couldn't, uh, well, you couldn't even follow tournaments. Uh, You could read uh, about them like a um, a month later or something if you were not in the playing hall yourself um, uh, and 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 that's uh, that's the my 60 memorable games by Bobby Fisher and then obviously my my, my big countryman by far the biggest chess name ever, ever. and then Bent Larsen I cannot I cannot ah, sit here yeah. for a, a legend yeah and 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 sort a of legend, just yeah. such a 
Well, and not only by playing strength, but also because he was a journalist and he was uh, basically an entertainer. He was uh, he was a just so great personality uh, in 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 so many ways. And he wrote this uh, my fifty selected games. That I'm sure it's also uh, it, it is out in in English as well. And uh, uh, that's that's sort of the books book which stands out for me. And uh, and and actually just just uh, just just sort of uh, to 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 explain the sort of the uh, yeah how good a book it was i was actually just going through it like a half a year ago and some of the games and actually started playing uh, one of his recommendations which a very few people play won't won't say which one of them but actually uh, just from uh, an opening which for some reason nobody is almost nobody is playing and i played that playing that both blitz and also in tournament game with very good results actually um so that's been a very big inspiration uh, for me uh, that so that was how things uh, were, were done these many years ago. But if I could, if I could press this, uh, these three buttons: uh, Control, L, Delete, and start all, all over from scratch again, and with a clear brain and uh, and so on. I, I still think books, by the way, play and roll. But but I think, for instance, opening training. You had a guest. I, I think he was German. I am. I'm not sure of his name. Christoph. I think who who actually had a very convincing uh, uh, reasoning about that opening training is so much more efficient uh, online. Uh, I mean, taking yeah. online courses. Yeah, Christoph Zalecki. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's explained. And, and and I'm pretty sure he was the one sort of uh, well I, at least after listening to him I was pretty sure that's uh, I haven't really had the time also because we went into these corona times and so on uh, to to do a lot of that myself but uh, I have I have done a little online sort of courses before but but not that much and i think that's uh, that's at least speaking about opening and opening repertoires I'm still again as i said before not this place to start but when you sort of found out what kind of type of opening you like or, or, or structures or types of positions then you can definitely find online courses in almost any uh, openings these days uh, they're just out there and they're not not very expensive as as far as i understand but i still believe uh, playing through master games is uh, crucial in, in both well, yeah choosing what both in learning chess and and choosing what what kind of positions do you actually like yourself so i think that's sort of a but not necessarily on a on a board you can do it on a, on the pc again Different people uh, have different learning styles, and I, I guess the young generation for them everything is on the screen, and um, you don't need a chessboard. Base basically, somebody older than that will maybe prefer that, but but that's uh, that's that sort of uh, uh, two of the ways, and then also these uh, kind of. Um, yeah, things you can have at hand at any time, smartphones, apps with training exercises and so on. That's also, uh, yeah, very useful, I would, I would think. Um, so, 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 if, so if I could do this Control-Alt-Delete uh, exercise, I think that would be my, my way of building my brain again. I think it's good advice. And it's such a fun question. Yes, I might, yes, I might sure. venture to tackle it a little too. I would just say, Cody, make sure you incorporate some tactics every day. 
um, and some element of repetition with those tactics to make sure you learn them. Mm. It doesn't have to be exclusively repetition. Um, and then beyond that, I do want to echo um, Core's advice about it being stuff you enjoy. So you just want to find a mix of uh, the stuff that we, that we think is the be most beneficial. Of course, no one knows for sure. And then also just stuff to keep the spark going. So, but I mean, it's as as Core says, there's so many resources mm. that it's actually, if anything, I mean, as long as you're doing active learning, as long as you're not just like zoning out while you watch videos and stuff like that, um, or just being a slave to the engine, it's really hard to go wrong. It's more just about keeping the the spark going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can only support that. I think I actually <laughs> that's also in my sort of uh, lecture that uh, it's it it is very good to to follow yeah online uh, tournaments and there's uh, plenty of these now. Uh, I'm not by the way sure that uh, 15 minutes games are those you learn most of, but 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 that but, right. but that aside because there's so many bad mistakes in, uh, even not on, on 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 top level. But what you should do when you are following uh, yeah for instance. Uh, fantastic tournament like the candidates uh, turn off for god's sakes the the engines because it's um um this about being active you should use your brain it's not you should not just be there's so there's so much difference between knowledge and skills also because you can uh, i know quite a few chess players when i speak to them well when I know what their rating is, well, in many ways they can they can explain and speak about chess uh, in in a way much better than I could do. I, I think, and but but they 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 cannot they have not been able to transform that into to real scholar, uh, skills, so, and and that might be because they have been too much just sort of uh, looking at chess, speaking about chess, and 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 not really doing it uh, themselves, being active. Uh, solving exercises yeah. playing and so on so so you can know a lot about chess and uh, and and so but but maybe be not, but but by the way if you if you just enjoy the game by watching it it's not i mean what what what's basically what what kind of happiness are you necessarily having by having let's say 2000 in rating instead of 1800 you're not necessarily a, a more happy chess player for that reason so so if, so if you really just like watching chess and, uh, and 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 not necessarily playing that much uh, well then uh, that's okay too of course but if you want if but if yeah. but as if you want to be better and most player players uh, i know of one always have that that goal and i think that's that's what keep us going also <clears throat> well then you should definitely be active in most of your your chess work and not yeah. yeah, thinking thinking uh, along yourself also, of course, if you're playing through master games and so on. Uh, what what would I do here? Why are they doing so? And and that that sort of thinking. Good advice. All right, so core, we we gotta go. I gotta like <laughs> feed my kids and stuff. But let's get one story before you go. I know you have a few. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I I I think um, I I would like to go all the way back to 1986, uh, which was my first tournament outside Denmark, uh, and um, I was going to London, and uh, where and that was for a specific reason because uh, that was actually the where, where where first half of the third match between Karpov and Kasparov were played. 
Uh, it was when the good old days where they played uh, no, no less than 24 games. So it took a while, but of course, but uh, there were rest days all over the place also. So I guess uh, that was also almost like two months or so. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't be doable today, probably. That's, that's, that's how things develop. Anyway, 12 games in London, and I thought, well, I need to go out uh, over there and, uh, and watch that. And I, I think I saw live action um, four of the games and remember some of them very vividly i would say the day to day for instance uh, i saw game eight where uh, i still remember sort of Karpov. i think he lost on time actually in, in move 30 and, and basically ran out of the of, of the states and you could feel all the tension also the back of the of of, of the playing hall really the tension between these two guys were, were just so extreme and uh well that was in a but then uh, at the same time, there were sort of tournaments uh, going on at the same time. Uh, first of all, Commonwealth Open. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's play, played anymore. But, uh, but yeah, And obviously, uh, Denmark is not part of and uh, never been part of the, the British Empire. But we, we, we were still allowed to play there. So, so I played that and did uh, okay. And, and then just after, uh, there was this big Lloyds Bank Master, also a, a tournament which was played for many years. I don't think it stopped quite a few years ago. And and I I did quite well. So uh, I was in I think round five. I was playing almost on one of the top boards, but um, just very next to me, there was a a game which attracted at least for half an hour almost all my attention, uh, because uh, a, a young Indian guy with a nice moustache he was playing a uh, uh, U.S. Grandmaster Nick Defermian, and. Uh, <clears throat> was sort of clear that uh, Nick de Fermin, he had to say he, he has played Knight of, by the way, for many years, so was considered an expert, I think, at the time. And then he was playing Knight of also against uh, the, this young guy. And, uh, and, and this young guy was uh, known for playing very quickly uh, uh, already then. So in literally 10 minutes, they had played 20 moves. Uh, and... Then Nick de Fermian stopped up and sort of realized I'm just totally lost. And for some reason, he played on another 10 moves and, and then, uh, then he just resigned. So in half an hour, the, the, this game was just, oh, and, 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 and I, of course, had to see who, who was this guy beating Nick de Fermian that quick. And, and that, was, uh, that was actually an ant. Vishvan, Vishvanathan Anand, and I think he was 16 at the time. So I was sitting there playing next to him and sort of putting that that that, that name in the back of my head because well that, that that seemed that seemed to be somebody you should look out for in the in in in, in the future. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if only you could have bought stock. Yeah, in yeah. Them, and yeah. I was just checking. You can you can you can. It's actually in the database, and so you can still you can still okay. find the the game. But it was it was really funny because clearly the Fermian, he had decided well this young chap who's playing that quickly i i will not i will i'll take up the challenge and and, and follow the speed so uh, uh let's go on it's my favorite opening so i know what's going on but he, <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly that 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 wasn't the case so uh no no uh but i'm not even i don't think actually by the way and and he did that very well in the tournament he did definitely didn't won it but but uh but uh, i mean such such an experience is always uh yeah, when you see something like that, that's it's not that often you see a grandmaster lose lose like that, and so you you that that's something you put in the back of your head for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, and he's still crushing people today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he was still uh, he was rapid champion. I think he was, wasn't he rapid uh, world champion. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, when he was 48, yeah. 49, so he's definitely yeah. also sort of fighting uh, nature, laws of nature you might say and uh, what a great guy and a fantastic player he's been for all these years. Yes. Uh, great guy although with with all due respect to to Viswanathan Anand Kaur, I feel like I got I got more out of you about how you were able to stay strong. Than I was able to get out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. I, I, of course, I listened to that interview as well. But, but you can, I can, I, you can still be puzzled. Why, why, why is your, how is your brain working? Yeah, right exactly. It's sometimes it's it's like when the superstar athlete, like if you ask like LeBron James or something, like you know. So yeah, how did you, how did you, how did you run faster than everyone and dunk over them? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, that's but, just what I but, do. But never expect straight lines. That's 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 for sure. That's that's not how most uh, we we like you know f steady developments and uh, that's how you know straight lines upwards uh, hopefully but that's very not uh, and I'm not only speaking chess here but in in, in all kind of not life, only sports yeah. but all the aspects of life very unlikely or very uh, rarely things works like that it's not we're not built for straight lines it seems uh yeah you know. well that's a great note to end on that's uh excellent excellent advice so core this has been great yeah like i said hope hopefully we can do it again sometime and get the rest of your stories and have you answer a few more questions because i'm sure we'll we'll have some but thank you for inspiring us and sharing us Go ahead. it's a big pleasure being being part of this and uh, and actually uh, maybe I should uh, very last comment should be <laughs> I should almost give actually uh, your shows a bit of the uh, of the honor of uh, becoming I am because uh, in the in the beginning of 2017 where your podcast started as well I was one of my consideration being that old 52 at the time or so well I had to do something about my physical condition so I started in a fitness center hate these places basically so i had to well what should i do when i was boring myself i had to listen to podcast i thought so i, I looked up are there some chess podcast and you came out because you just started and basically i think i've listened to at least 80 percent of your podcast and got a lot of inspiration from listening to all these great guests uh, during during the times and and then as i said before take the best and sort of trying to take the the advice i thought suited me best and uh, making the best of oh, it. well thank yeah. you so that's 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 been a big uh, inspiration actually uh, yeah for the if i don't time. help anyone get better at chess maybe i can at least keep them fit you know <laughs> I'll, I'll accept either well, one uh, or, yeah, yeah, you kept me on board at least. Excellent. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Corey. Congratulations. I mean, I know it was a long road, so uh, you know it, it can be. Um, I mean, I'm sure you got some congratulations on the way, but it can also be sort of, you know, it's nice to be appreciated after all the hard work. So, so good job. Um, and uh, okay, so Corey, have a good night, and uh, thanks again, and we'll we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Th bye, bye, Ben. Special thanks to my producer, Matthew Passy, and thanks to you all for continuing to listen to and spread the word about Perpetual Chess. You can spread the word on Twitter. Follow me. I'm at Beneficial1. You can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group and continue the dialogue about each interview after it is released. 
I also want to thank the people who've written a few new reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's good to see. Reviews on other podcast platforms and YouTube are also appreciated. But of course, most of all, I would like to thank the people who provide financial support to the show, especially these days as a lot of our lives are in upheaval. We're stuck at home. There's work changes and all that stuff. So it means the world to me that you guys have stuck with me and even in some cases added new support in these crazy times. So thanks. I really appreciate it for anyone who's able to support it is the Perpetual Chess Patreon page where you can donate through PayPal if you go to perpetualchesspod.com. So with that out of the way, first of all, of course, I would like to thank the sponsor of the show, Chessable. And I also would like to give extra special thanks to the following people and entities for their support. They include Quality Chess Books, the Capital City Chess Club, the Apprentice Twitch Channel, Andrew Bach, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porto, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, Dan O'Hanlon, Danny Davidson, David Schreiber, I am Dimitri Schneider, I am Eric Rosen, Faraz Sawaf, Gary Foreman, Greg Natel, Greg Shahadi, Guven Manet, Jens Green, John Jernigan, John Rockefeller, John Cromarty, John MacArthur, Kelly Palmer, Kevin O'Callaghan, Lorraine Dore, Lucio Casada Silva, the law offices of Stuart Katz, Michael Can, FM Michael Oblin, Mike Zelazny, Moonmaster 9000, Peter Sodi, Reuven Fisher, Seattle Chess Club, Thomas Stanix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryan of StrongChess.com, Todd Kennedy, and I also would like to give thanks to the following people and entities Aaron Waffler, Ace Viega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Alex Peja, FM Andre Tarakov, Andrew Perry, Aniti Deer, Better Chess Training, Bill Juniper, Bill Moran, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard Lynn, Brian Mullis, Chad Hilton, Dr. Charles Snodgrass, Chris Flanagan, Chris Wayne Scott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Shabri, Chris Lott, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalecki, aka Chess Explained, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Courtney Fry, David Bleskachek, Daniel Gell, Daniel Ginsburg, Daniel Lucas of the U.S. Chess Federation, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Cramerly of Chessable.com, Douglas Matthew, Dwayne Edmonds, Ed Daly, Ethan Smith, Ian Mason, I Am Elect, or possibly not I Am Elect, Donnie Ariel Esquire, Fox Valley Chess Club of Aurora, Illinois, Francis Latart Lavoie, Francis Tortoris, MD, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Geert Vandervelt, Gerard Barta, Giovanni Russo, Hans Schutt, Harish Srinivasan, Jacob Kovach, Jacques Pari, James Aspinwall, James Bonastia, James Murr, Jason Anfang, Jason Willem, J.D. Chakrabarty, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, Jerry Wells, Jim Ratliff, J.J. Stranod, Dr. John Fallon, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman of the U.S. Chess Federation, John Jeffrey, John McMurtry, Jordan Goodwin, Jose Rodriguez, Justin Gardner, Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, Grandmaster Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, I am Kostya Kovutsky, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Kyle McAvoy, Larry Reifforth, Laura Beljowski, Martin Knudsen, Matthew Passy, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, the Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Alert, Miguel Araspati, Mike Clem, Mr. Mike Shahadi, Mitchell Fabian, Nate Solin, Neil Bruce, Olaf Mueller Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passy Passanen, Paul Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Randy Temple, Ricky Grijalva, 
Richard Hollenbach, Roy Yearwood, Ryan Berg, the Say Chess YouTube channel, Scott Dougherty, Scott McKinnon, Sebastian Finsterwater, Stefan Roller, WGM Tatia Vabrahamian, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, Tom Edsel, Thomas Komanich, Tony Rotella, Tyron Price, Wayne Beam, William Brock, William Juniper, William Hogarth, William Peterson, FM Zhao Chang of Chess1000.com, and last but never least, Zhivko Soyanov. Thanks for listening, everyone, and I will catch you all soon. Podcast Network.